All right, Ledoux family, you're on. Good morning. Good to see you again. I'm Pastor Katie, and this is the last Sunday I'm going to be with you because you've got somebody new starting this week. Your brand new pastor of your church is starting this week, and that is super exciting. At some point, I don't know when, do we know when there will be an installation service? We don't know yet, but at some point, there will be a service of installation, and it's going to be really, really important because part of what happens is that you all, along with the rest of the congregation, are going to make some promises. So I wonder what you think are some ways that you might be able to help a brand new pastor get started well. Make sure they know everyone's names. Yeah, help them know people's names. What else? Um, help them? Yeah, you can love them. You can welcome them. You can help them know what you like to do and how to get to know you. You, It's more than just names. You can help her know what you're excited about and what you're interested in. You can share with her how school is going and who your friends are. And you can help her get to know you more than just a name. And that's true for everybody. And a big part of the installation service, it's not, it doesn't take up a lot of time, but I think one of the most important parts of the service that will happen at some point is the congregation, and y'all are part of that congregation, are going to make promises to support and pray for your new pastor. And that's really important because this isn't just about her. This is about everybody. This is about everybody in the building and everybody on Zoom and all of the friends of Christ Church Lutheran and the people in the neighborhood. And so um, as this new pastor comes, make sure that you help her know not just your name, but you as well, because she's going to want to know you and all of you as well, as she walks with you in this journey of being disciples of Jesus in this part of San Francisco. So you've got some important work ahead, making sure she feels welcome and making sure that she knows who you are and to continue to pray for her as she does her work. Deal? Fantastic. Thanks. I have to get my installation sermon information in here somehow. So this gospel, my friends, all of these readings, it's a tough one this week. There's a lot of fire and division and persecution and prophesying. And hammering. (laughs) There's a lot of active verbs, and they aren't necessarily the most inviting ones. The prophet Jeremiah starts the alternate, the alternate text for this morning from the Older Testament from the Hebrew scriptures is from the book of Isaiah, and it really is this love song from Jesus to the people. So that would have been easier. But we have this lesson from Jeremiah. And Jeremiah is, like most prophets, not understood by the people. And so part of this is a lament. And it's God, it's Jeremiah saying on behalf of God, 
that God's word is like fire and like a hammer that breaks into pieces. In Hebrews, we heard about the people that were martyred for their faith and the people that we have in the scriptures, some of our ancestors in faith, like Rahab and Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and Jeremiah and those prophets. And a common theme among all of them is that they went through significant challenges in following where God was leading them to go. Which really is the theme of these lessons this morning. And when we read about the division, we, fo- we tend to focus on that in this particular part of the Gospel of Luke And understandably, because it goes, Jesus goes on and on a bit and gets pretty specific about how these divisions will show up within one's own household. And so we tend to focus on this division and this sense of prophesying, but maybe we don't spend enough time wondering about the why of the division. We lament the division. We get worried about this division. But we sometimes, I think, don't spend enough time picking apart the why Jesus says this division will come and will be. Jesus says, do you think I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, Jesus says, but rather division which stands up against how we talk about Jesus around Christmas and as the Prince of Peace and at other times in our liturgical year where we talk about Jesus uniting. But if we really pay attention to the scriptures and the stories and the leadership of Jesus, there often is more division or at least as much division as there is uniting. I have a friend and colleague that came to Christianity as a college student after being raised in another faith tradition. And she would say, as she was talking about being a pastor in the Lutheran church and being a disciple of Jesus, she would say over and over again that being a disciple of Jesus is not easy. If we're really following what Jesus calls us to, it's hard work. And it often goes against what the world would have us prioritize or what the world outside would have us do and be present for. And that's what Jesus is saying here at the end of this section from the Gospel of Luke. Jesus says, you know, you look at the sky and you see clouds. And so you say, oh, it's going to rain. And then rain appears. And that south wind comes and you know it's going to be a hot and arid day. So you know how to do that, he says. But how do you say you don't know what's going on in the world or that you can't read the world and the culture of the time? It's essentially like, open your eyes and look around, friends, Jesus is saying to the people who are gathered. He knows 
that the message that he's bringing is not a popular one because the message that he is bringing is threatening to people with power, position, and privilege. It is a message that prioritizes the poor, the widowed, the orphan, the sick, the lonely, those people that have been cast out of communities. Those are the people that Jesus prioritized and called his disciples to be among, to prioritize in their own ministries and in their own lives. And that's not a popular message. It's so unpopular, in fact, that throughout the history of Christianity up until the current time, we often forget that that is, in fact, what the disciples of Jesus are supposed to be about. And I say we because I am in that camp as well, as someone with power, position, and privilege. It's sometimes hard to remember that Jesus called us, me, his disciples, not to not be in those positions, but when we are in those positions, to keep always at the first of our minds and our hearts and our decisions, those with less power, position, and privilege. To see the humanity in others and to work for the inclusion and for justice and for the rightness of all people. This past week, I was in Columbus, Ohio at the ELCA churchwide gather assembly. I wasn't in the assembly hall where the legislative decisions were being made. I was part of the worship staff. And so I spent my week away from the assembly hall, but with the people every day in daily worship. And as the planning team was together in the months preceding um, the events last week, we had some very important voices in our planning team that kept saying, life is hard as a woman of color. Life is hard as a queer person in this church. We are not seen and we are not valued the same way as other people are. We can't ignore that this is going on with our siblings in Christ. And so as we planned our worship services, we had these voices of people saying, this church hurts me. And so within the worship services and in the plenary hall, there were times where we lamented, we apologized, we confessed. We committed to working to be better and to do better. One of those apologies came to the community of um, the congregation in Stockton. I'm going to get the name wrong. Um, Santa Maria Peregrine, uh, Our Lady of the Pilgrimage. The Spanish-speaking community that formed out of the ELCA mission that, um, whose worship was disrupted on December 12th with the removal of their pastor by the leadership of our synod. And representatives from that community in Stockton came to Columbus to be on the stage and receive a public apology from the presiding bishop of the church about the way that their community was hurt and disregarded and disrespected 
and how power, privilege, and position was used in order to harm them and, they, and to not include them in decisions. And this isn't to pick on us in the Sierra Pacific Synod or this community. It is just the one that was the most public. We do this all the time. And we do this to each other in the church as well as to people in the world. And Jesus calls us to a different way of being. And so the divisions that Jesus talk about, talks about here already exist. Jesus isn't saying divisions are something new. Because we find ways to divide ourselves all the time and not just in family systems, but there as well. And they should all, all of these divisions should be grieved and lamented. And Jesus calls us to recognize that sometimes those divisions are for the health of the whole community. And that sometimes we're doing things that are different when we follow the word of God. And as we're in discernment about where the spirit is calling us, we're in conversation with each other and others to check our assumptions about what we think is right. And as a community, we make a decision that may cause division with other people who don't see why we are spending time with the people who are lonely and tired and sick, why we are centering the voices of people whose voices have not been centered before. There are members of our body who lament that this church feels like there's not a place for them anymore. And when you're used to your experience being centered all the time, when other people's experiences start to be centered in addition to yours, it can feel like rejection. And so when we feel like that, when we feel like, do I have a place in this body anymore? I encourage us and Jesus encourages us to look and to listen and to be curious and to grow. It's okay to be sad and lament that things are different. And Jesus calls us to look for the joy, to read the world that is around us within our church and without, and to see where in those spaces God is calling us to be. Where is God calling us to be active and to work for justice and equity and inclusion? And where is God calling us to sit and be silent and listen and be curious? Through it all, God loves us and all of these places where God calls us to be. It is not easy being a disciple of Jesus. Jesus does not lead us into places of comfort very often. I don't know about you, but I know in my life, the spirit often has to hit me upside the head with a two by four before I finally make the step 
into areas of discomfort, into places and with people that I probably wouldn't wander off into on my own. But what I know is that when Jesus leads me into these places and I meet how God is already active, I turn and I look around and I realize my comfort zone has grown. I haven't so much stepped outside it as I've taken its edges with me, knowing that God will meet me there and that God will call me once again to stretch and to grow and to use the power, privilege, and position that I have in the world, in my community, and in my church to not speak on behalf of others, but to step aside and let them speak for themselves, to advocate for justice, and to love as Jesus has shown us how to love. And so it's not always easy, and it often feels hard and heavy. And these lessons today remind us that it can be difficult and divisive. But we know, we who follow Jesus know that we have God's love in abundance. And on those days where we're just not sure or we're pretty sure we're getting it all wrong despite our best efforts and we don't know where to turn, that's where my liturgy professor would say that's what the sacraments are for. We gather together as members of the body of Christ, to pray, to sing, to lament, to wash in the water and eat and drink at the table, and once again be renewed in our call to be disciples of Jesus. We don't come in this space and forget that the world is out there. Our cares and our worries and those of the world are here with us. And likewise, we don't eat and drink and wash in this room and have it be here for only. We take God's love that we are renewed in and rebaptized in remembering that baptism again and again. And that goes with us. The grace that God showers upon us in those sacraments travels with us to our edges again and again, meeting God in the people and the places we meet there. Being a disciple of Jesus is not always easy, but it is rather simple to love the people and places that God loves to tend to the people and this earth that God created in love and to turn to Jesus who among other things again and again shows us how to love as God loves. Amen.